It's episode 95 of Welcome to Level 7. That means we're talking about Scars. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2, Episode 20. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. And it is a magical place. Welcome to a magical place. You want to know what makes this a magical place? It's not me, Agent Ben. It's not my co-host over there, sitting there to the left of me, Agent Daniel. No, it's not me. It's not you. (sighs) No? No. Well, how am I going to get pepped up if it's not me that makes it magical? It's, It's our listeners that make it a magical place. Okay, you you, got me Have you had a chance to look at the massive feedback that I sent you? Because we had a huge movie and an episode last week where we didn't do any feedback. Well, we did have that Hydra attack, which we now have the technology to fight off against evil. Although it sounds to me like Daniel's, maybe is Black Widow singing a lullaby to you? Is the sun going down now? (sighs) On Daniel? (laughs) Don't touch me there. I don't want... Anyway, I don't like touching. I'm just. <laughs> I have issues. <laughs> you know, I was thinking the other day about Tony's issue about not wanting people to hand him things. Yeah, some days I actually understand that. It's an interesting. It's, it's an interesting uh, character quirk. But when you have five kids and you work with kids, um, I, I really just have to wash my hands a lot. That's what it comes down to. There you go, buddy. So. You deal with it. You know what I mean? And Tony Stark, you don't have to deal with it. He's rich. You can have someone else wash his hands. I don't think that... No. (laughs) I don't think that's what he's doing. I know. All right. We should just go to the weird news of the day. Hey, we don't have a lot of news, so that's a good thing. Well, we could talk about the fact that... Age of Ultron made lots and lots and lots of money. Oh, but, breaking records here and there. But People that seems going just, and enjoying it. That just seems to be just assumed. So yeah. let's just go talk about the yeah. weird stuff. I, I mean, it'd be news if we were talking about, oh, I don't know, Man of Fan- Steel. Fantastic or Four. Fantastic Four. <laughs> that would know. be a shocking news development if it was Fantastic Four. <laughs> Fantastic Four is in our schedule as of today. We know when we're talking about it. We're taking it straight to the top, buddy. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's talk about the news, and then we'll move on and talk about the episode, and then we'll get through as much listener feedback as we can. But we're not going to – I mean, we have – I mean, just by numbers alone, if we did one minute for each one, it would take us a little bit too long. So some will get pushed back into our next episode, but that's okay. Are you ready? Let's do it. Uh, hey, actually, I actually... No, wait. There's one other news item that I just thought oh, of. come on. No, it's a quick one. It's a quick one. The Rogue Cut of X-Men Days of Future Past has been announced. They have a release date of, I think, uh, middle of July, where it has so that, 18 extra minutes, including the Rogue subplot that was cut out. Now, they're not getting a theatrical release, correct? What? Or did they decide to do a theater release? I don't think I don't know anything about a theatrical release of the Rogue Cut. 
I just th- this is the I believe this is the Blu-ray DVD street date. Okay, so that's when I'll be double dipping. I don't have to double dip. I waited. I've been waiting for this. Oh, how could you wait? Very so easily. Good. I do not have time to watch it. So if if I actually had the time to sit down and watch that movie again, I would have bought it by now. But since I knew I wouldn't have the time to watch it anytime soon, I was able to wait. It's pretty simple. Very mm, straightforward. Seems like math. So let's talk about... The other news, the weird news. At least I feel like it's weird. Well, it's funny to me is what it is. It's funny news to me. I just don't know what to think of it. Okay. Well, go ahead. Tell us. What is it? No, you tell us. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll. Well, because I'm going to get his name wrong. Because what's going to happen is I'm going to call him Marvin or Martin. It's Martin It's Freeman? funny you would call him Marvin because he was in a movie that featured a character named Marvin. And I think that may be part of it, to be honest. But Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman, yes. Star of stage, screen, and Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Um, he's going to be joining Civil War. Yeah. And you know why it's funny to me? I'll tell you why it's funny to me. This is three franchises now that he shares with his buddy, Benedict Cumberbatch. They share the Sherlock franchise, where they're Holmes and Watson. They share the Hobbit franchise, where one is Bilbo and the other is Smaug. And now they share the uh, MCU franchise. Kind of cool. Kind of interesting. I just, he seemed like a weird casting move for me for Peter Parker. I mean. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's not Peter Parker. What I was afraid of is that he could be Uncle Ben. Oh, you know, he could be Uncle Ben. He's like, hey, Benedict, guess what? I'm in a movie with the MCU. Yay. And Benedict's like, I'm Doctor Strange. I have my own franchise. And he's like, I'm Uncle Ben. Oh, rats. Yeah. So, I mean, here's the thing. You get senses in our voice. We don't know what he is. (laughs) No They haven't announced it. I can't even speculate. Doesn't matter what he is. I'm going to love him. I have enjoyed him in every single thing that I've ever seen him in. The British office, he's hilarious. I love the way he portrays Tim, the prototype for Jim from the American office. Um, I Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is good because of him. I, I would go so far as to say is I probably what puts me over the top with that movie in liking it instead of disliking it. I know a lot of people don't like it. I really enjoy it, and a large portion of that goes to him. Bilbo, he was perfect. And Watson, he's great. And and with Watson, he's emotional. When he plays Watson, I I laugh in the other things. Bilbo, you know, he, he, he did draw me in. He, he fit nicely with what I picture Bilbo acting like. But when we come down to... His his role as Watson, he there's some pretty emotional stuff going on there, some subtle ways of playing things, and um, yeah, he, he whatever he is, he's he's going to be great. He's definitely going to be a new warrior. I think he's going to be Speedball. I you know what <laughs> he could sell Speedball, uh, not the young, not the youth of Speedball. But oh, he could totally make speedball happen. 
Yeah, I, whatever he's going to be. I, I would love to see him as an actual enhanced character, so to speak. So basically a what powered I'm hearing individual, is, if you would. What I'm hearing is, is we're pro. Pro Martin Freeman, yes. Yeah, because I, I actually like the casting too. I just want to, you know, I'm interested to see what he'll become. <laughs> and <laughs> we'll throw him, uh, throw a diviner at him and see what he is. News, though, that's pretty much where it begins and ends. Martin Freeman, Civil War. Other than the fact, you know, there's this really big movie out there. Well, I mean, that particular news item begins and ends yeah. with, he's in it. There you go. Yep, that's all he said. Okay. <laughs> Let the rampant speculation begin. <laughs> I can't even begin speculation. That's that's the I, thing. I is, had nothing. It's so broad. We don't know where they're going with the story. I I don't know. Got nothing, man. Uh, yeah. Whether we Should are we supposed to Split. like him or hate him with whatever character he has, I'm going to love him. I think maybe it's time for us to talk about our episode, and hopefully my organs don't wind up in a jar. Mission report. Yeah. What? But that's what Whitehall did to her. She said he put her organs in a jar. Okay. No, seriously. No. That was huge. No, I, I'm just saying, you know, that just doesn't happen to, you know, regular people. Well, it happens to us sometimes. Oh, only on that one trip where I went to that party. And then well, I woke you, up in a bathtub full of ice and a note saying, we have called 911. You don't have any kidneys. And this is why, kids, you always make sure to drink out of your own glass at parties. I did. That's just it. You're giving people false hope by giving them that advice. As if following that advice is going to let them not get their kidneys stolen. So. Well, that's when I brought my World War II kit, medic kit that grandpa had the crazy thing to me is that we actually heard that story before the internet existed <laughs> like it got around man it, it got get around. around okay so right. now let's get serious now. let's get serious let's talk about shield stuff let's not be a hot mess about weird things yes we're here so to let's talk about-, talk about a grown man sleeping on star wars sheets oh man so do you want me to read you my note let me find my notebook uh can i read you my note okay i had those sheets I had those exact Star Wars sheets. I wrote the word excited because of the sheets, and now I'm very jealous because I wanted those Star Wars sheets. That was the one set of Star Wars sheets that I had. It also came with a comforter. Um, and then we had another – actually, we did have a second set of Star Wars sheets that my mom cut up and made them into Star Wars curtains. Yeah. Yeah. So I I did have two sets of sheets, I guess, but in one, you know, one was used on the bed. The other was used on the, on the window. Wow. You had such a privileged childhood compared to me. I did. I also had a C-3PO light switch whose (gasps) eyes glowed in the dark and we moved out of that house and left it on the wall. And when we came back and visited the family who bought the house, they had changed it to a regular switch. And I asked him why. And he said because the glowing eyes scared him. They're reassuring. The guy was in fourth grade and glowing eyes in his room scares him. Come on. Was you want you want to hear a really sad story before uh, a Star Wars story? We really are digressing here. (laughs) Uh, My buddy Lane 
is a really great artist, and he got paid to do a mural from Empire Strikes Back, Hoth, mm-hmm. for a kid of this person that you know. Was paid quite a bit of money for it, multiple weeks to get this thing done. It was beautiful. Beautiful. Family sold the house. You know what the new family did? Painted over it? Painted right over it. Yeah. It only exists now as the picture he puts up every May 4th. Beautiful. Okay. What was that about? Let's get back to, to Koenig. So Koenig's awesome. He is. And he Except wakes up. He's ruining my life. So he wakes up and he is in contact. There's Sam and there's Billy. They're in contact with each other and they have a little back and forth and stuff about what's going on with their lives. And there's, there's someone who's coming to visit and he gets up, he opens his closet and he has the same closet as the kingpin. On I kind of noticed that. <laughs> That's the first place my my mind went to, you know, because it's it's pretty fresh in my mind. But he has all the same suits, uh, same ties. But you know what he has that makes him individualizing each day? Is it a, a tea-like box filled with lanyards that now mean more collectibles that at some point I'll have to buy? There's that and his socks. He's able to choose what socks he's going to wear. And he wears some some pretty snazzy socks there. But he gets ready, and he's visited by Coulson. And we find out what Theta Protocol is. Theta Protocol was the helicarrier. Yes! So there's Coulson's link to Age of Ultron. Oh, yeah. And this link actually fits in nicely with the dialogue that they dropped in Age of Ultron. This is some one of- thing where the dialogue from Age of Ultron actually kind of points back to the TV show. Uh, it... Intentionally, I think, where Nick Fury says we had some friends who helped us out and gave this to us. And who are those friends? He's referencing Coulson. So that's that's good. This is a nice uh, – there's synergy here. Now, other synergy later on in the episode, not so um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Organic. But in this case, nice. Nice. And we also see um, triangular lanyards. Again, more collectibles. Interesting. Yeah. But this is one year ago. That was the disappointment to me. Was that I'm I'm just saying, Ben, my boss's boss does find it a little concerning that I wear a shield lanyard to work every day. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not the only one. <laughs> Ooh. See, now that's a good workplace. I wouldn't. Ugh. I wouldn't have that happen in my office. Probably. I got my real one on one side. I got a little con- a little connector to my lanyard. One side's got the real one. One side the fake one. Hey, two weekends from now, I'll be going to a comic book convention in Fort Wayne, and guess what? I'll be wearing around my neck the lanyard. I will. I finally will have a reason to take it off my desk and put it on. Uh, but I won't be cosplaying as as Kanye because I don't like dressing up that much. I hate ties. But anyway, this was the one disappointment was we get to see him, yay! But it's one year ago, oh. And then not only is it one year ago, but you know what? We don't see him back for the rest of the episode. No, and that was kind of disappointing because again, I was really again the word I wrote down excited. The other I thing love I, seeing the canings. Yeah, the other thing I was reminded of was that the cold open to the episode with Simmons where she was working for Hydra, and. 
how she was, you know, getting her day started. And, and we have the same kind of thing going on here. You have the musical <laughs> music going over him as he's choosing his clothes and all that stuff. And um, it's a nice moment and a, and a fun open to the episode that really exists for two purposes. One, bring back Koenig. Two, reveal the helicarrier. It's nice stuff. I do wonder, does this mean that the beds were not for the Avengers facility? Were those beds actually for the helicarrier? Mm, very easily could have been. I mean, he could have been furnishing the helicarrier. I mean, people got to sleep on it, buddy. It's true. It's true. So, nice. This is a great tie-in, and it gives Coulson purpose. In the, in the in the broader movie universe, Coulson gives them the coordinates for the, the staff, and Coulson gives Fury the rescue the, that that where he can ride in as the, the gallery. So, and and he as he takes that lanyard, like okay, so this is going to be done with. They actually do make it a transition piece as he throws his new lanyard mm-hmm. on the table and says, you know, all my cards on the table. And right there, he's got the link. I'm the one who saved the day in Slovakia with my Theta protocol. Yo. I, that didn't really work, did it? No, no. Dang it. I'm just not cool. It's more like this. I'm the one who saved the day in Slovakia, yo. My so, drop. Yeah, so you got you to gotta just keep it going with the flow. You don't pause. Dang. You know, you're not doing a boom when you do a yo. Man. I'll try. I'll try harder. By the way, my eleven-year-old daughter has started booming everything. If she does anything good, she does a boom. And she doesn't listen to this podcast, but I still blame you, Daniel. Yes, <laughs> you should. <laughs> so in the present day, Colson. <laughs> in the present day, Colson is talking to the other guys, and basically, he says what I think that that I, I thought was going to happen. He 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 presents them with the idea of one shield. Let's just come back together, guys. You know what? But, I'll be director, and I didn't think he was going to go that direction. I, I didn't think he was going to be director. I thought he'd be a field agent again. But um, he says, one shield, I'm director, and I will have you guys advise me. And I put my cards on the table. And so I may linger over this for a little bit and then jump around to a few places. Okay. Um. <sighs> That'll happen. I mean, there's some smarts to this. You know, he's offering reconciliation between pointy and round. He's doing so somewhat on his terms, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is very, very important to him that he remain director. He's not going to give that up. And he also- he's doing it out of honor, I think, in a lot of ways, to Fury. Fury said, I'm director. Fury trusted me to be director. I trust Fury. I may not even trust myself in the beginning, but I trust Fury. I'm going to do the job that he gave me. Come along with me. Let's work together. And where's where's his leverage? Well, his leverage is, well, I just saved the entire world. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom. And I mean, he is frustrated with the fact that he had spies in his camp. He's frustrated with the fact that people can't trust him. And he's frustrated with the point, fact that there was a coup. I mean, a straight yeah. up coup, an armed coup, no less. And, and he does see that as a mark of a failure of his directorship. 
and he'll he'll make it, it out. But you know, he's he's saying, you know, fine, Fury named me director. Let's get together. I'm still going to be director because Fury said. But I would be stupid if I didn't listen to you, if I didn't keep you on. Now, here's what we do know amongst those people in the room. He did have a relationship with Weaver in the sense of he's met her mm-hmm. and he has two trusted colleagues that looked at her as a mentor. So he probably feels kind of safe with her. And then the other really, really prominent member that's a wild card is Gonzalez, and he wanted Gonzalez. He wanted to find Gonzalez. He trusted Gonzalez enough that he wanted him, and they even yeah. make that clear with the canings. Yeah, they, they do that in that, that cold open there, which is a nice touch of where's Gonzalez? We don't know yet. We're still looking for him. So really, if you think about it with those two, he's willing to give them the benefit of the doubt and kind of ignore what's happened in the second half of the season. A year ago, I wanted you on my team, so let's ignore what's happened. And let's put you on my team. Okay. Meanwhile, Bobby, our other wild card, well, she's forgiven, Phil? Hey, no, here's the thing. They have room to hold lots of grudges and lots of bitterness against each other in whatever everyone has done. No one here is without sin. Colson, he... Well, except for Phil. uh, he, He could have gone about things slightly different and trusted more people. and But no one here is without sin. But this is him saying, hey, let's put it behind us. We all have the same goal in mind, which is to be S.H.I.E.L.D. And, by the way, with the knowledge that the Theta Protocol was the helicarrier, and when the helicarrier comes and they're, they're doing the rescue, and it's not just the device, it's not just the, the vehicle, it's personnel. There's people on the helicarrier who are manning it. And this is where Captain America says, this is what S.H.I.E.L.D. is supposed to be. Well, you know what he's talking about when he says that? Because of what we just saw today, I mean, he is saying the way, you know, this is what S.H.I.E.L.D. was supposed to be. In other words, Coulson is what S.H.I.E.L.D. was supposed to be. This kind of mission is what S.H.I.E.L.D. was supposed to be. Gonzalez, the people on on his, his, uh, inner circle, they want the same thing. They want to be shield. They want to be that protective layer between the crazy, unknown, weird stuff that we talked about in that first episode, the first line of defense. That's what they want to be. Let's work together. Let's do it. And I'll compromise if you do. So I like where they're going with that. And they need it, frankly, the way they're taking the show. We have to have a unified front with S.H.I.E.L.D. And Gonzalez is pretty much out of the picture now, anyway. <laughs> da, da, da. I wish I had a sad trombone lined up on my, my soundboard right here. You really are not prepared, young man. Well, I'm not prepared with my cool jive talking, and you're not prepared <laughs> with your sounds. Well, you prepare for the cool jive talking by life, my friend. <laughs> It's not a device that's going to do that for you. It's just, dude. I'm just a Caucasian from the Midwest who doesn't like to touch. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Here's the other that's subplot. As cool as it gets. <laughs> Here's the other subplots we have. Lincoln is waking up in the the Shield facility. Sky wants to take Lincoln home. Fitz and Simmons have been taking care of Lincoln, helping with that. They're also have been taking care of Agent Thirty Three who they've given her a brain scan, and it seems that whatever effect 
uh, Hydra might have had is gone now. And and Lincoln wakes up from his his sleep. He's understandably nervous because he is now woken up in what he believes to be enemy territory. And his ally, Sky, is also an ally to the enemy. So that's setting up where our people are in position. We come back from our commercial, though. No, that's not even the commercial yet. No, we're not even close to no, the commercial. No, because we get Reyna giving people hope from her visions. And and this is – my note here was as S.H.I.E.L.D. comes together, as you have the two leaders of S.H.I.E.L.D. working together when they were at cross-purposes before, we now have two leaders of the Inhumans who are working at cross-purposes, and that is Reyna who is trying to build up her position of power, and Xiang, who has the position of power, but is threatened by a, a handful of different elements, one of them being Reyna, one of them being Sky, and one of them being the whole situation with S.H.I.E.L.D. So, Reyna has had a vision of a stone, and an ocean, and there's crevices in the stone, and uh, they tell Xiang about it, Jane wants to send Gordon to find out about it. Gordon can't find it, though. He can find maybe the vicinity, but he doesn't know where it is when he gets there. And Raina says, well, take me with you. And Jiang says, go. We need to find this thing because it could destroy us. And we discovered it's a Kree weapon. A Kree weapon that we – and we've already known – that the Kree considered humanity and the Inhumans as a failure of their weapon project, and they wanted to destroy all traces of it. And and now we find out that this is either something left over from that, it was dug up a hundred years ago, or it might and have been something created new for for that situation a hundred years ago or more. And here's my question, Ben: mm-hmm. When you found out it was a weapon, did you figure that was what was in Gonzalez's hold? You know what? I didn't go there. They and I didn't even have time to really think about it because next thing you know, they're on the aircraft carrier, and I'm just like, "Oh, uh huh, that makes sense." But I did not know ahead of time. No. Where are you? So uh, for that, uh, since I didn't know, I'm going to have to say "moob" because that's boom backwards, and I'm actually having the mic jump up into my hand. As if to say, you got some explaining to do, man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that got weird. Well, you know. Anyway, uh, this thing, we have no idea what it does. Other than it's a solid stone, and then it loses its, I don't know, physicality and becomes a liquid. I was going to use that exact same word. Okay. It changes its shape. It, I'm assuming it changes its density. Perhaps it change well changes its matter. What it, type it of matter it, it is? It changes its form from solid to, to liquid, and and it falls you know to the ground, and then splashes around some, and then forms back up. Um, you want to know where my mind went, though, with this? Is it went straight to 2001 and the monolith? Which is an alien thing that's uncovered, and the monolith is you know this, there's. It's based on geometry, and they, they know it's from a, a, another um, uh, intelligence in the universe. And with with this thing, we know it's from the Kree, 
it's interesting while once we know what shield actually knows about it which is not much um but if the inhumans are interested in it then shield is going to be very very interested in it and and more interested and i think we're going to see fitz and simmons working on this thing in the near future to find out what it is shield doesn't know know so little about it they're afraid to even destroy it because they don't know what the ramifications of that is yeah and so i'm curious what do you think it might be do you think it's i've got no idea do you think it's something that would just is it an anti-terrigen mist is it a living presence that's what i wonder Is, is it is it a world extinction event in a rock i mean it could be it could be so from there yeah, that wouldn't be good for my vacation plans I'm no. just saying well not that you would notice um so from there uh they question Sky and they question her about the thing and they're also questioning her loyalties I think and she's torn you can tell that she's torn um but she does say you know things like we you know, our ancestors called ourselves inhumans. That's what we want to be called. We just want to be left alone. And from that, you know, Coulson pulls on the we, you know, and then and then Sky throws Baran in May's face and says, you of all people should understand why we can't trust you. Because, you know what, you murdered two of us. <laughs> Not really going to be getting you points. Well, that throws May. I mean... <sighs> We need to talk about May because this whole episode, all the stuff that May has to do is be upset about Sky, but we'll come back to that and and then be upset about Coulson. And don't forget being upset about the bus. Yeah, but that's more – I mean that's a that's a sadness. That's a sadness and it's understandable. It is understandable. So, Reyna, Gordon, they take off. They run away. And S.H.I.E.L.D. then puts lots of guards around the the monolith. They don't know what it is, but they're going to keep it secure. They know the humans are going to come. They have a teleporter. They could ha- He could teleport in, leave a bomb, and leave. They don't want war. They need to pay them a visit. And so when we come back from commercial, they are planning. Gonzalez then... You know, he's ready to attack. Let's attack them. Let's be proactive and go after them. And Coulson says, you know, the last thing we want is to start a war. We just ended a war. We're going to send Sky as a liaison. But where does she stand? They don't know. And then meanwhile, the Inhumans are also planning. Cal and Reyna have a little bit of a, you know, argument, disagreement. Because Cal, you know, Cal's no idiot. He understands some logic. He is. She exists to create chaos. She thrives on it. And then she throws in his face with that. No, it actually was Gordon. Because Gordon is a little bit on, on Raina's side here with this argument, at least. And says, well, what, without your concoction, you're nothing. Basically saying to Cal, you know what? Here's the deal, bud. With us, it's who we are. With you, it's you having to remake yourself and give yourself power. 
and then you'll lose it again. And guess what? You've lost it. You're nothing right now. That's a problem. That's a problem. It's unfortunate. And I feel for Cal. This the last couple of episodes, I've been feeling for him. I don't know about you. Well, and I think this episode is a great showcase for Cal. I mean, he gets to break a fake table. That was nice. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but he also gets some character moments. He he gets to give us uh, some of Rana's backstory. And, and find out that her powers are what we suspected. And really defines Raina as selfish. Yes. You know, that he, he puts a label on her. She's not manipulative. She's selfish. She and is. Then, yeah. When you think back when she was dating that guy, was it a Canadian? Remember she was dating a guy? She was with a guy. Yeah. Who seemed like he was really rich. Uh-huh. And then you hear him say she's selfish. You're like, oh, that totally makes sense. Whatever she wanted, she would get. And I, you get the impression that maybe the whole flower dress thing is really just a, I like to wear these silk dresses. I like to wear nice things. I like these, you know, these are simple, but elegant and pretty, you know? And, and so you get the impression that, yeah, whatever Raina wants, Raina gets. The other thing Cal will get to do in this episode is have his moment with Daisy. His goodbye moment mm-hmm. is his time in calmness, in clarity, to be able to say, you know, I so much wanted to meet you, even when you were that little thing. And to look at her and, and say something that I think, as one father observing another father, is truly believing, which is, my child is magnificent. She is beyond what I would have imagined. Yeah. In this case, literally. But... I do feel like this was a really nice moment where you couldn't help but like Cal to be able to hear him say, you are magnificent. Yeah, and maybe I look at him differently now than I would have as you know a younger man. But as a father, I look at him and I just feel for him. Uh, he's wanted his daughter for all this time and he finally finds her. And, and what, what happens when he finds her? Well, first of all, he's in the middle of a war between Hydra and S.H.I.E.L.D. Second of all, he's in the middle of a war between Inhumans and S.H.I.E.L.D. And third of all, he's a crazy murderer who murders. You know, that that puts a damper on things when, you know, you finally find that person that you love and you haven't seen them in so many years and they find out that you're pretty much not a good person. <laughs> and with... Bom, bom, bom. With lots See, you got to get that Satra bone in there. I do. That would be a really nice place to put it. Oh, man. Oh, well. Season three, we bring you Sad Sad Trombone. Trombone. (laughs) Yeah, and the Wilhelm stream. Well, and the other thing is he's pretty clear to mom. He's pretty core to mom's plan. She's using him as a a piece on her her chessboard. Is she? Well, okay. We've got problems now because in the middle of this episode, I actually was writing down things like, are they actually really in love? Is she in love? Because she was acting like it pretty, pretty well. But then we get to the end and we realize, oh, she's a manipulating manipulator who manipulates. She really, really is. And I was, I wrote down in my notes, I wrote that I am, what's the word I used? 
I actually feel betrayed by her. <laughs> That's what I wrote. You should. You're sh- but we're not I there. personally felt betrayed. You should. But we're not there yet. We aren't. We aren't. So Skye's going to go. And she's going to act as a liaison. They're going to trust her. Agent 33, meanwhile, she's being locked up. And she has a little bit of a conversation, you know. And um, things are good. She's good. She's good. Hydra control's gone. Yeah, it's gone. So then Bobby goes and talks to Mac. They have a heart-to-heart. Phil and May have a heart-to-heart. Simmons and Fitz and Sky have a heart-to-heart. There's a lot of people having heart-to-hearts. And there's a lot of people who are revealing information, revealing secrets about themselves. Uh, For example, in Phil and May's heart-to-heart. That is where May reveals a secret of Baram, where she reveals that the little girl didn't just die in a crossfire. And it wasn't like an accidental causing of her death. I made the call to kill her because people were going to die. And Phil didn't know. But she's revealing that now. Uh, this is also where they talk about the plane. And and Coulson says, yeah, to be, to be honest, most of the terrible stuff happened on it. But yeah, I, 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 can, I can see that. I, I can see where he would say, yeah... You know, people took control of brains and Garrett and, and There's bad stuff that happened on that place. But still, it was home. You know, it was home. So then we have the Simmons, Fitz, and Sky conversation where they give her a hula girl. And I thought that was really funny. I did, too. That, that idea of, you know, she has this trinket that she's kept. That also her father has, you know, a matching one, but it quakes without her doing anything to it. <laughs> it was nice. Nice little moment. I agree. Uh, we get some insight on Gordon. We find out that Gordon, because of quantum entanglement, can sense where people are. And I do wonder if this is like his daredevil sense. When he's in a room with you, is he sensing the quantum probabilities and the quantum entanglements and whatever other quantum sciencey things I could say that would sound impressive, but aren't really have any meaning. Uh, what I'm saying at the quantum entanglement thing, it's, it's a pseudoscience enough for us to follow and, and believe. Is that how he sees though? Is that how he knows where people are when he's in the room with them? I have a bigger question. What's that? Was sky almost regretting that she gave up that phrase? What quantum entanglement? Yeah, it was, was there a look or is it is it just me or was there a look where she's like, oh, I've said too much? No, I think there I think there was a look. But to me, the look wasn't, oh, I've said too much. To me, the look was, uh, never mind. He can just find us. Don't worry about it. <laughs> the, the science doesn't matter and I can't explain the science anyway. I, I think that's what it was. Because we do find out that they have figured out what Hydra had figured out too, and that is how to follow his quantum signature so that they can can find him. So our 30-minute twist comes, and that is that Reyna has seen Quinjets raining fire on us. Now, I will say Reyna has a pretty good track record with her clairvoyancy. However, when she watched the trailer for Age of Ultron in one of her visions, she, I think, oversold the whole cities on fire kind of thing. So Quinjet's raining fire on us. I'm thinking, oh, well, 
But then when we see the mission start to leave and we have, what, three Quinjets going together, that's just enough for me to accept they could rain fire with those with those planes. But our 30-minute twist, I think they chose the wrong moment. We'll get to the moment that I think it should have been. But that's our 30-minute twist is that she sees Quinjets raining fire on them and it will happen unless Reyna is the one who gets to speak to them. And I took that part as the 30-minute twist. That is the 30-minute twist. Yeah. But, but it's the, the wrong one. Yeah. It's the wrong one. Uh, I don't know if they could have rewritten the episode to allow it to happen at the 30-minute point, the thing that I think should have been there. This was not much of a 30-minute twist. Not that they have to – they're not obligated to give us a 30-minute twist. It's in the handbook. <laughs> So we come back and we get a 32-minute twist, and that is that Gonzalez does not want Coulson going in. Sky is going, and she's begging Mom, please talk to them. Coulson is a good man. You can trust him. But Gonzalez doesn't want Coulson going in. And they're kind of they're, – they have the same reason. Coulson thinks he should go in because of the personal connection. Gonzalez thinks he should not go in because of the personal connection. And they both have a good point. And then we get a speech where Gonzalez explains to us what the movie meant that we just saw last weekend. And really gets it wrong? Yeah, totally gets it wrong. <laughs> maybe. I mean, maybe from the outside now, looking now, in, this is what fair. it looks like. It could be. It could be. To be, to be fair, he wasn't there. No. He's far away, and perhaps, based on the information that he has seen and the press coverage, perhaps this is how he interpreted Tony Stark's actions. Yeah. I mean, maybe we're looking at the telephone game, where information yeah. gets passed on from one person to another to another to another until they, they realize, oh, well, this is what it is. But he says that Ultron was created because people were too close to Tony Stark and blinded by his charm. And weren't basically weren't willing to stand up to him and say, no, you shouldn't do that. So apparently he didn't hear about when Tony did this other thing and created another thing and everybody was arguing with him. And he didn't or know when, that Tony and Banner were working on this in secret and nobody else uh, knew he was doing it. We do have to be careful here. Do have to be careful in how we phrase this, you know, because I was careful about the other thing. Okay. I don't want to spoil anybody who hasn't seen Ultron. So I, I will give Gonzalez this. It's quite possible the writers might not have known exactly what was going to be in the movie. And Gonzalez, you can give him the benefit of the doubt as an outsider looking in and saying, oh, how did this happen? Well, Tony Stark. Maybe Gonzalez is blinded by Tony Stark's charm. Yeah, but but the reason Ultron, again, without going spoilers, the reason Ultron exists has nothing to do with Tony's charm and overtrust. No, no. But it comes down to a vote. And May is the deciding vote, essentially. And she thinks Gonzalez should go. And so Coulson says, okay, he can go. I brought you here to take your advice. I'd be a fool not to. And so he, he takes their advice. Turns out, good choice, Coulson. Because, Phil, you could have been dead a second time. And he ain't coming There's back. There's no from coming being back that. from that one. Yeah. So, um, meanwhile, Fitz is worried about Simmons going on the mission. Just ask Trip. 
Fitz is worried about Simmons going on the mission, and Simmons, this is, again, another admitting of truth where she comes clean, just like May did with Phil. Simmons is doing the same thing with Fitz, saying, I tried to kill him. It wasn't just that I wanted to and I couldn't, like you, Fitz. I actually tried to, and I failed. And the next terrible thing he does is on me. But she admits to him, I tried it. And I had no idea that she read Batman comic books. Since this is the age-old Joker question, is Batman not responsible for the Joker's victims? Yeah, because Batman won't put him down. It's the same with uh, Superman and, and Lex Luthor. I mean, it, almost all of those recurring villains, if they would just be destroyed, they wouldn't escape and do it again and have more victims. And there is a good conversation to have there, although you have to remember that the next terrible thing he does, Simmons, it's not on you. It's on him. He's choosing this. He has free will, and he's exercising free will. I don't think that he is a complete sociopath who has no choice in the matter. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. So we have Quinjet's leaving, and we have so the mission they're heading out. But then we also have Mac who's leaving. Mac, who basically comes to Colson and says, look, you can't be blamed for what happened to you, but you also can't be trusted for what happened to you turning in my badge after 13 years on the force i just can't handle it anymore i just can't do it anymore chief and i just say don't let that door hit you on the way out but i almost felt like that's what phil was saying man he says you know you've been here for 13 years right sorry to lose you they shake hands max gone though ironically i don't and i don't know if you noticed this in the scene where phil sits with his boys Mm mm-hmm did you notice that little Lola is still on his desk? No, I didn't. Yep, it's still there. Huh. No, I didn't notice that. But that was a good scene with his boys. I think we've been spending too much time together. He's <laughs> the end of that. But um, yeah, Mac is leaving. And then we have this uh, conversation. This is where... Um, Jiang and Cal have the conversation about Coulson. Can he be trusted? And he says, well, they want to brand you. They're going to put you on the index. And should we go to war? And this is where I wrote down, are they still in love? Um, and I had a thought about Cal and the casting here with Kyle McLaughlin. It's perfect casting because as Jiang is talking about him when he was young, I can totally picture him when he was young because he was at the height of his career uh, although maybe he's at the height now, at a different height. You know, he's gone through a valley where, where he was kind of not around for much. But uh, at the height of his career, he had a a, a presence. We we knew who he was. We had seen him. He was on Twin Peaks. You know, he'd been in Dune. So some of us saw him, but not many. <laughs> I was going to say, you get a small list of. He's got a cult following. He had enough of a presence in the eighties for you to say, I'd I, if you were around there, you saw him on the cover of TV guide, you saw him on commercials, you know, you, you saw him doing things. And so when she's talking about, you were so, you know, you have an age and he's, Oh, I'm old. Now you look at me and see me as old. And I can, I can picture him in the past. That's all I'm saying. So 
the bottom line at the end of this scene is that Cal offers himself up as a sacrificial lamb. Let them take me away. Give me to them or you know, as a peace offering, a gift. I killed some of them. Well, as he will say later, he didn't kill S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. He killed some people who deserved it. <laughs> it was a great line to deliver there. You know, another interesting concept here, another thing that he moves forward is when he's asked about S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, he's like, well, I'm not a fan. And I'm the least fan, you know, I feel the least good about this Phil Coulson. But the one thing about Phil is he cares about our kid. Yeah. So yeah. he's he sees it and he acknowledges it that as much as he dislikes what Phil Coulson does, as much as he's mad at him for the Whitehall murder, as much as he's frustrated with the fact that he's had that time with Daisy that he didn't have, he still recognizes he cares about our kid. And here's the other thing. I believe Coulson is going in with the best of intentions. I I, I believe that he actually has good intentions going in. However... If Coulson had gone in, I don't think it would have panned out the way it did. Actually, I do think it would have, but we're not there yet. Okay. We'll argue it out then. But uh, Gonzalez has an insurance policy, and I think this is nefarious. I think there Absolutely is it is. It's an evil killing machine. Happen. It's going to be some sort of bomb or, or something. Inhuman poison. Maybe. Or just regular poison. It's all going down, buddy. Something bad is going to happen with that box. That yeah. weaver, she's just no good. Um, and we'll find out what it is in a moment here, but we have then some things going on also on a Quinjet. And that is Bobby and May. And they're piloting a Quinjet together. They're sitting up front, you know, and they're flying along and they're having chit-chat. You ever wonder what you'd be without S.H.I.E.L.D.? I don't know. And then it's not May. Because they start to descend too soon. Bobby realizes something bad is going on. And it's Agent 33. And it's on an automatic landing. It lands. And in the fight, Bobby obviously is going to win against Agent 33. But as soon as she gets out of the Quinjet, she gets zapped with a zapper. And she's down. And who fired the zapper that took her down? It's Grant Ward. It's Ward. And Ward goes to the Ultron School of Villainy, which is, we are not going to kill right now. I need someone to witness, or I don't know what exactly his, his thinking is here. Uh, make her feel emotional pain as she sees what we do, and then we kill her? Maybe. Similar to Ultron, though. Ultron keeping Black Widow alive, just to, you know, have someone to talk to. To monologue. I do think, though, you did miss the big, the big elephant in the room. Do you oh, want me to retranslate the Bobby May conversation for you? Sure. May. Hey, girl. You ever think about leaving Shield and what life would be like without it, Bobby? Well, good friend. I'm thinking it's a spinoff. <laughs> there is that subtext there. You could read that. But, I mean, almost the way they're phrasing it, you know, Bobby's talking about leaving. I get the sense that in next week's double episode, mm-hmm. we're going to – I think Hunter's going to be upset that Grant Ward is taking Bobby. 
we don't see really Bobby or Hunter in the uh, trailer for next week. I think he's the one who's going to find Bobby and save her from Grant Ward. And then at the end, I think there's going to be some sort of, hey, girl, let's go make another ABC program. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I really but, – we, we but don't want quick, two S.H.I.E.L.D. shows that are the exact same thing where it's just two but, teams but, of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents doing missions. But the way she's talking, you know, I'm thinking about leaving and Max left. Would it be a S.H.I.E.L.D. show? Just think about it for a minute. No, if they leave and they're doing other things, then it's not a S.H.I.E.L.D. show. It's okay, not. okay. Yeah, no, yeah. no. I, You know, because you have CSI and CSI Miami and CSI whatever – those are all basically the same show, and, and so, I don't want that. I don't want Shield and Shield West Coast. It'd be Shield Playground and Shield Caterpillar. Mm, I don't even want. I, I mean, I, I'm saying I want Shield with Coulson and his team, and then you know the, the Hunter family in uh, the suburbs, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with guns, yeah. And batons. Well, you know, and it could be, you know, a, a shield burn notice kind of thing. Or it could be Grayslings Avengers. Yeah, yeah. Could be something like that. Would you say Gray's Anatomy? Gray's Anatomy. Yeah, I don't think shield Gray's Anatomy would really work that well. Something, something with a lake. Yeah. Maybe. Gray Lakes Avengers will be a, a fine use of the uh, the Avengers yeah, yeah, yeah. franchise. But it could be. That would be different. Gonzalez. Gonzalez, Gonzalez. Well, okay, so there's a little bit of tricky, tricky going on there with Bobby and May on the one Quinjet, and we think they're part of the three that are going on their mission. It turns out they're not. Well, what we saw was we saw May in the hallway say, hey, Colson asked us to go scout this out. Oh, so, yeah, that's right. You're right. Yeah, so, so you knew that they were separate. Because they were supposed to go ahead. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, May is actually on one of the three Quinjets that is actually going to land with the Inhumans. Now, we have a moment here where Jayin comes and confronts Reyna. And opposite of Coulson, where Coulson says, Hey, I'm going to trust you guys because we're all on the same team together. I'm going to go along with your advice. Jayane comes and Raina says, "Uh uh-uh, it's going to be bad. Bad things are going to happen. And you're going to regret this. And Jayane says, nobody trusts you. Anyone who knows you doesn't trust you. You're going to stay right here until the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents leave. And we're thinking, of course we're thinking, that Jayane is just like, you know what? You're an evil lady, and so we don't want you out and about. It could be more accurate to say, hey, you're a clairvoyant lady, and we don't want you out and about, you know, finding out that maybe my my uh, plan is not exactly on <laughs> a honorable the, plan. Here's the big thing for me in this, is we all thought Gordon was wrapped around her finger, and he wasn't. no. No, he was on Jaing's side. And yeah, he's firmly in place. Yeah. Yeah. 
Raina's alone, but not for long. So Gonzalez, Gonzalez and Jaying. Ma'am, I understand that you were chased throughout the universe by Cylons. <laughs> I was chased by Cylons. We've all won. We've Don't all you lost. compare your Cylon chasing to mine. <gasps> oh, man. Cylons. Oh, this was a difficult scene. Maybe we should talk about Cal and Sky first. Because they have another heart-to-heart, and we talked about that a little bit. Yeah, we talked about that. It's a, it's a genuine heart-to-heart, and it happens here. And, and he's taken on to a Quinjet, and they search him, and they find his stuff. They find his, his uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Empty Jews. vials. Uh, are they what empty? What was them? I don't know. There was some sort of greenish liquid in there. I, I think that they've... It's his hide formula. It is, and Jaying sent it along with him, I think. Because he's he hasn't had it in the afterlife. This is what I'm saying. He is a piece to her in her in her war. He she has put him on the chessboard, and she's put him on the chessboard fully loaded. Yeah, or the ability to fully load. And remember, she did that before Gonzalez walked into the room. Yeah, that's true. So here, so here's where my motive. I think her motivation is. As she's going to talk to Gonzalez about their scars, and he's going to try to bond with her over Hydra, before she points out that basically she was completely dissected and put in, and her organs were in jars, yet she's still alive. Wink, wink. She has an issue, and this issue came from Raina, and Cal's talked to, talked to her about it, and maybe even fed into it. She has something she hates. And that's the index. She's seen index-like things before. So when you talk about, you know, if Coulson had come into the room, what was Coulson going to bring? Index, yeah, he, was right. gonna, he was going to say, we would like to index you. They, link, they, they indexed Lincoln. Coulson would have had basically the same argument and conversation. Coulson would have been at risk if it was him in the room. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you got onto something there. I, I think, yeah, because the other thing is, okay, we're talking about basically Coulson and um, and uh, Jiang are they're 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 mirror images of each other. They're flip side of the same coin. Coulson is going into this saying, "I'm going to trust my advisors. I'm going to trust my people," and Jiang is going into it saying, "I'm not going to trust." the people who have information. So I'm not going to trust Raina. I'm not going to trust, um, even Cal. Cal says, you know, Coulson has our daughter's best interest at heart, but Jiang's going to do what she's going to do. She's going to take, and she's going to make that call. And maybe that's another theme that we have here. You have May talking about, I made the call that I had to make. And Jiang is making the call that she has to make. And Coulson has made the call that he has to make. But Jiang's call is, she's basically saying, you know what? The best thing for us right now is war. The best protection for us is to fight. And our losses will be acceptable losses in the sacrifice for what it will accomplish by going to war. She 
has to destroy S.H.I.E.L.D. because S.H.I.E.L.D. is the one thing right now, aside from random Kree elements, S.H.I.E.L.D. is the one thing right now that can destroy the Inhumans, and so the Inhumans have to destroy S.H.I.E.L.D. first. And so what does she do? Well, she has solid Terrigen Mist, breaks it, now, did she really break it? Yeah, she, she shatters it. Okay. She slams it and well, it shatters and it's an explosion of dust, the the Terrigen dust or whatever. And and that's what touches touches uh, Gonzalez. Now, this is all very interesting. It's not the Terrigen. It's not the Terrigen. It's they the experimented because discovery requires experimentation. Yeah, that's the moment where I realized, uh-oh, she's turning. She's yeah, used that she, phrase. I think the moment that he brought to the index and she said, I have a gift for you, it's quite ancient. <laughs> then I was like, oh, this is getting foreboding. And this is after he's given her the box that has that yeah. necklace in it. For Sky. Yeah. And so so here he is, you know, he's sitting there and she's like, you know, we realized five diviners probably not going to do it for us. So we messed around, tried some things out. And then when you think about how far they went, they melted down a diviner. They melt, They only had five and they melted one down. How? That almost tells you how urgent this need was for them. How scared they were if they were willing to melt down a diviner. But they used that melted down diviner to make new crystals, but they're all laced with diviner metal. Which, of course, is no problem for an inhuman. No. It's just not. But for everybody else, it's not good. <sighs> and then we know Mom's the bad guy. Well, she's not good. <laughs> I mean, she's going to lie and manipulate now. She is doing exactly what Reyna is being accused of she is going to lie she's going to shoot herself now if anyone could get away with shooting themselves to cause people to think oh she's been shot by an enemy it's going to be the person with healing properties truth i mean it hurts it obviously hurt but she's walking away from this no matter what she's going to heal because she's got that power but it now looks like Gonzalez has attacked her. And she actually says, I, I wrote down, Jaing starts a war. And then she said in her dialogue, Shield tried to kill me. This is war. And I'm telling you, this you you say you feel tense when you watch some of these episodes. And this was a scene where I was not maybe tense isn't the right word, but I was so into it because it just was no. This can't happen. This can't happen. Don't do this. Don't do this. And I'm 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 not saying it out loud, but I'm I'm watching and just just thinking. Giant Jang, don't do this. Don't do this. Oh, she's doing it. Oh, not only is she doing. Oh, she just killed him. No, 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 no. Then she shoots herself, and I'm just I am into it. And maybe that's clouding my judgment, but I I think that we're watching a really good episode here with some pretty interesting turning points. We are moving along fast. This is our second war of the season. Of the season. No, third. 
we had shield versus hydra we had shield versus shield and now we have shield versus inhumans they're doing things and moving the story in ways that are interesting and different and you know there's only so much that they can do where okay if it's shield versus hydra and now hydra has fallen do we create another spy organization to have them go up against and just have it be the same thing only with a different name is it aim no. no, we'll have them go up against S.H.I.E.L.D. and have internal conflict. And then we'll bring those two opposing sides together. The S.H.I.E.L.D. resolution is we're going to work together because you have the same purpose. And I love it that it's not one side defeating the other side and you know, not eradicating them, but sending them off with their tail tucked between their legs. No, we'll join together. And we join together just in time for the Inhumans to step in and so now they're going up against a group of powered individuals enhanced people good stuff i'm liking this episode and i'm liking where it's taking us i still miss the one shot stories i still miss the monster of the week type of things i want to see more of that and i think we will once the dust settles from the human war wait we only have one more episode never mind we'll see what happens in the third season but I don't have my trombone to play. Well, maybe next week. Maybe next week I'll have a trombone ready. Maybe next week we won't, we won't even need we it, We won't though. even need it, but... Wah, wah, yeah. What you going to do, buddy? Not play it. <laughs> and again, I thought this was a great episode. It It has set up a war, and that's what we're going to get next week. We're going to get a war that's going to be filled with plenty of comic book misunderstanding. We're going to get a war, and we're going to get a ward... What's going on there? Not that they hinted. Our post post scene wasn't the greatest. I mean, it, it, I already want to come back next week. That post credit scene isn't, or the the post episode scene, or whatever the tag scene we want to call it. That's not bringing me back. Well, I'm he's coming back. Get in he's going to get that. He's going to do on. the work. Closure, buddy. Going to do the work. Yeah. Simmons, better watch out. Yeah, and I don't think there's any doubt now. First of all, Agent 33 was playing them all. Nice job. Well played, Agent 33. And Ward, you know, he he turned on the puppy dog eyes and said, Coulson, please take care of my Agent 33. Please, you're the only one who can help. And they do, and what do they get out of it? Well, they lose Bobby. Yeah. And right before she goes to that new TV show... <laughs> Well, we know she's not going to die because of that. But Unless, of course, the new TV show is about Hunter and Morris, two former S.H.I.E.L.D. agents who live in heaven and do deeds for insert deity here. It could be a classic spawn or ghost rider type of situation where... Or it, that you know, R.I.P.D. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. Maybe they are going to go around and they are going to have to investigate and destroy the other dead Hydra agents. So it's dead shield versus dead Hydra. This and awesome. that's what they're, makes it I different. I hope they're writing this down. Write it down. That's Write for it free, down. Marvel. That's for free. It's not very good, but it's free. It made you be derivative of other things. So 
we're yeah, on the same page here. We're on the same page here. I would really like to hear from any listeners who are on a different page than us on this. Um, it's interesting, oh, though, because... There's those out there. Well, <laughs> on this specifically, not... Uh, we, we, we'll we get to the, the feedback next time we have feedback, probably. But um, here's, here's the thing. This is in humans. We are really getting an in-depth and interesting Inhumans story before the Inhumans movie. And I'm wondering, is this stuff that they're doing going to hinder or make the Inhumans movie more difficult? Or is are we going to start getting... Are we at a point now where the MCU is so big that they're going to have to break continuity in some ways? Because they no, already are in little ways, I think. I don't places. think they're going to have to break it in big ways yet. But in Kevin, I trust there's a plan. He shows up. He talks to these directors. He tells them what they need to do. Okay. There's a plan. All right. All right. All right. I trust Kevin. Okay. Well, should we move on to our listener feedback then? Let's do it. All right. Shield field report. Okay. So we're going to start with uh, some of the feedback we were going to read last time. And so let's start with this one from Agent Randy. Uh, subject, Redemption of Ward. Hey guys, what's up? I know you guys feel Ward's redemption has to be real good for it to work. And you mentioned Siler from Heroes. You are right. Fan sourcing that character never helps the show. In fact, he won't even be in The New Heroes Reborn due to this. But there are people who want a redemption arc for Ward. Even the actor, Brett Dalt, that plays Ward, wants him redeemed. But you may be right. The only way Ward gets redeemed is if he dies. But I have a feeling there was a reason to kill Triplet and give Hunter and Bobby their own show. Something tells me Ward and even Lady Hydra, as you call her, will be in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 3. What do you think, Daniel? I would agree that they're going to be in Season 3, but are they going to be on the team? No. Redeemed? No. And I think this episode only helps confirm that. Yeah, this one really does not do much for Ward's, Ward's cause if he's going to be redeemed. Yeah. So, would you like me to read Lincoln and Sky's parents? I would love for you to read about Lincoln and Sky's parents. Okay, from, um, let's see which agent this is. Is this Agent Jim? Did I completely zone out and miss a scene? Last week, Sky's mom is saying that no one can know about the relationship, and suddenly Sky is having a casual chat about it with Lincoln this week. Very confused. Yeah. I, I, it's true. I mean, there, uh, yeah. There's a good point there. Solid. Uh, there's a good point there. Yep. And I think we were even a little confused by that. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, uh, can, I, can I read this one? I want to read this one. I want to read this one. The speculation on what the Theta Protocol is. I will let you read it, but let me timestamp this. This okay. came to us. This came to us Thursday, April 23rd, 2015. I do not know how that fits in relation to release of Avengers Age of Ultron in other countries but well but i believe this is from the united states yes go ahead all right agent sean here finally an analysis of what theta protocol could be it it could just be calling in the avengers which maybe by the way agent daniel here i thought that might be what it was back to agent sean it seems too simple but it could be the tie into the movie is just that could it be that that's why the plot has brought all our original characters together for a mission to fit in with a sequence with them already committed to film in the Age of Ultron. 
Maybe it's not about contacting the Avengers, but Nick Fury. If so, it would make a lot of sense that Pointy Shield would have no idea that the Theta Protocol was, as everyone in Pointy Shield still thinks Fury is dead. The only problem with that theory is May supposedly not knowing about Theta Protocol, yet she knows Fury is still out there. Then again, May never said she didn't know about it. She just didn't deny that she didn't know. Her troubled look when Bobby inquired about it could simply be her not wanting to reveal the truth about Fury. One last possibility, the contraption that was used to try to bring Coulson's memory back was called the Theta Brainwave Frequency Machine. Could it be that the Tahiti process of mind wiping has been used on various other members of S.H.I.E.L.D. in order to protect some secret, and that the Theta Protocol is the use of this machine to reverse the process if Coulson is compromised? A bit of a cheesy plot device, if that's what the deal is. Ben, do you have any sounders on that board? Yeah, but I don't have the board. Hang on. Wow. I have the sounder. Okay. You ready? Spoilers. No, that's not the sounder you wanted. No, that wasn't the one I wanted. The new prize winner of the day. There we go. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to give this new prize for for a part of this that's wrong. Go for it. Because I really love the Theta Brainwave Frequency Machine. It's a good connection. Is a great connection. And then, and Agent Sean may not have known this, Volume 2 of Secret Avengers, which has Coulson and Hawkeye and uh, Nick Fury Jr., they use brainwave technology to wipe memories clean all the time. And so I, I see Theta Brainwave Frequency Machine, I think of Secret Avengers and what they were doing there and that it worked. Poor Hawkeye. He can't remember much because of that. But. Oh, that's too bad. Like, you know, an entire rotation on that team. But, hey, what you going to (laughs) do? Subject. Ironic irony irons ironically from Agent Jester. says, hello, agents. Agent Lester T. Jester here once again with a bit of an observation. Ever notice how Daisy Johnson chose the name Sky but develops earthquake powers? Ever notice how Raina was so obsessed by following the clairvoyant and then herself becomes clairvoyant? Things to think about. Oh, and how does Gordon see? He seems very aware of his surroundings, especially when in the cabin and commenting on the comfort of the couch. Does he have Daredevil-like heightened sentences? Not sentences. Senses. Does he see the world on fire like Matt Murdock? It would be interesting to see the two of them interact. That's what I got right now. Loving where the show is going. I would love to see in the spinoff with Hunter and Mockingbird an initiative to introduce more powered people. A West Coast Avengers thing would be incredible. Regardless of what they do, I just hope it's not just another spy agency show. Agent Jester out. I agree about that, as we were talking about earlier. Uh, and we also had that conversation earlier about how does Gordon see? And I think it has to do with quantum sensing or something like that. I think he's more sensing the universe around him. Um, but similar to what what Sky is doing, where she's feeling the vibrations of things around her and Lincoln is feeling the electricity around him. I think that might be part of the Inhumans that we're seeing anyway. They're connecting to the universe around them. Ben, I really think you missed out on something here. This is why Agent Lester T. Jester is the official Jester of Welcome to Level 7. Any other Jester claiming to be so is in fact lying. Please notice the last line. Sent by a live studio audience. (laughs) Well, here's the thing also, though. You know what jesters do? Jesters use humor to point out 
observations that maybe people miss, like the the sky and the earthquake powers. I mean, he's making these connections. These are good connections. These are good connections. So, I'm going to grab this email here from Agent Stewart. Hey, guys. So I'm a Marvel Unlimited subscriber, and I love it. Although I wish it were a bit more like Netflix and that I could have a queue of titles slash series that I was reading. I'm not here to harp on that. I am asking if you know where a list of MCU titles might be. Official or unofficial makes no difference to me. Also, I know that MU is about six months behind, and that's okay by me, because honestly, I'm about six months behind, except for the filmed events. Anyway, love the show. Thanks for being awesome. Sorry about the pasty jab. Make my marvel. You know, okay, so right at the moment, my subscription has lapsed, but I can remember, and it was clunky, but there was a way to like put a title on a shelf, and then you'd be able to come back and read it later. It wasn't as good as a queue, but it was there. Yeah. As for a list, um, I don't know. I have a handful of books that are in my hand, actually, from I'm reaching over right now. These are graphic novels that you can order from Amazon. There's Marvel's The Avengers, Black Widow Strikes, Marvel's The Avengers Prelude, Fury's Big Week, Iron Man, I Am Iron Man, Avengers, Road to Marvel's The Avengers, Iron Man 3 Prelude, Marvel's Thor The Dark World Prelude, Marvel's Captain America The Winter Soldier Prelude, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy Prelude. You see where they're kind of developing a theme here as, as they've gotten these newer ones. Marvel's Avengers Age of Ultron Prelude. And then there's also a single floppy in here. Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, Nick Fury. It's a single shot, but I don't know if they're including that as part of the canon. Um, most of the graphic novels... No, all of them except for I Am Iron Man, actually have a red Avengers symbol that also has a circle around it that says Marvel Cinematic Universe official tie-in. Um, these are all, I mean, honestly, it'd probably just be easier for me, Agent Stewart, to just type this list and send it to you. And we did do an episode in season one all about all those. We did, all except for the newer ones. Yep. Yeah. I would say if you're going to read one of them, Fury's Big Week. And I would say... If you're going to not read one of them, Age of Ultron, because <laughs> a lot of these are actually adaptations of the not, the, the movie from before. So, bom, bom, bom. See, if we had a trombone, dude. We would have gotten so much use out of the trombone. If we and we'll never it. use it again. Yeah. You're going to load it up and we'll never, ever use it. I think this is going to be the last one we read this time around. Um, no, actually, this is not the one I'm going to read because we read this last episode. We read that one. Was that before the attack? No. Okay, this is uh, from Agent Gabor. I'm going to say the name wrong. I'm sorry because it has a little accent thing on it. But Phantom Menace ending to Avengers is the subject line. It says, my fellow agents. Sorry for my poor English. It's not my first language, and I can't practice it as much as I'd like. Regarding the topic of this email, during the end of your last transmission, you mentioned the Battle of New York and how it didn't make any sense whatsoever that the aliens died when their mothership exploded. Well, the thing is, it makes perfect sense, just in a different way. When Agent Romanoff breaks one of the Chitari's neck, you can clearly see sparks, which hints that all of the invaders have mechanical implants, which makes sense. 
Other than the obvious benefits, those implants are probably the only thing keeping them alive and making it possible to breathe the air on a planet that might be very different from their own. The malfunction of those implants can lead to a series of problems, especially if they have one on their brains as well. Now, regarding the explosion, the rocket that destroyed the mothership was a nuclear weapon. A nuclear explosion is quite capable of ruining someone's day, but also releases an electromagnetic pulse, or an EMP, which disturbs electricity in its range, which is bad news if you have built-in life support. This explains why they need teleports, why they have starships, and why didn't they try to attack us again? Humanity isn't as outgunned as they thought after all. By the way, I love your show, and after the actual episodes, it's my second favorite thing in all the week. Keep up the good works, the work, good work, agents. And I have to say, dude, poor English. What are you talking about, man? This is better than <laughs> a lot better than my German. A lot of native speaking English people, to be quite I'm just, honest. I'm just saying, I was I was once at a conference, Ben, and I was working the show floor, mm-hmm. and a gentleman came up, and he said, "Sprechen Sie Deutsch." And I looked at him and said the only German that could come to me at that moment after two years of German and a very intensive German exam. exam. Nein? Meine Deutsch oh. is nicht so gut. <laughs> I don't know. what. Oh, your, your, your German is not very good? Yeah, and he just walked away. Okay. So, yes, and so feel free to practice English with us all the time because this yeah, is good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. It, and I already used mine, so I can't do it. Well, I have to do it because we offered this. Okay, do it. We we asked for this. Do it. So, I mean, this is this is the epitome of an actual no prize that Marvel would give out. A no prize that Marvel would give out back in the day was when you would take something that looks like a mistake, and then you would explain why it's not a mistake and why the the Marvel people they can't make mistakes. Because they're they're Marvel, right? And so, this is it right here. This is this totally makes sense. An EMP destroying the control ship, but it's not destroying a hive mind. It's destroying through the EMP the actual components that's keeping them alive. I'm there. I'll accept that. I'll buy that for a dollar. I'll buy it for a dollar too. Uh, not literally, sorry, man. We're not sending you a dollar. Yeah, because Marvel's not paying us anything. Either. Yeah, yeah. We're not sending you a dollar, and honestly, we're not sending you a no prize. It's not in the mail. It's not in the mail, and you will not be getting it soon. Please enjoy. So I think we can do one more because this will actually get us through what we were going to do for our last regular episode last week, and then we'll we have some Avengers stuff that we can talk about uh, soon. And this is from Agent O'Neill. Would you like to read that one? The frenemy of my enemy? The frenemy of my enemy. We have a few of these in here. So, hey, agents. Long time. No email. Sorry for my delay. Agent Derek, by the way, this is Daniel. I'm sorry I haven't been listening to the Gotham TV podcast, but I'm a little behind. I just want to, back to Derek, I just want to start by congratulating you both on some of your best podcasts so far. Recently, I know it always helps when the subject you're covering is as well put together as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been in the last few months, but your episodes have been Excellent discussions, too. Just a quick couple notes on the recent episode, The Frenemy of My Enemy. I'm loving how they have redeemed Cal. I don't think it could be done. I didn't think it could be done, but I genuinely feel for this guy, who had a break with reality when he lost the two loves of his life, Sky and Jiaying. 
The offered award of putting him through the Tahiti Project is an odd one. Didn't all the agents who went through the program go mad, or does Coulson think he can guide Ward through the process better than anyone else did? Finally, a non-spoiler brief comment on Age of Ultron, which comes out in Ireland this week. I definitely noticed some good connections to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and one gigantic hole that I'm hoping will be filled in by the episode out in the U.S. this week. It's very odd to have seen the film before Agents has released their episode, but I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts when it comes out. Thanks, as always, for your great podcast. Agent O'Neill. Ben, I'm pretty sure the crazy people, when it came to the Tahiti Project, weren't mind-wipe people. I'm pretty sure they were dead people brought back to life. Wait, say that again? So, Tahiti, the three people that were crazy, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they were crazy because they were dead and then brought back to life, just like Coulson. Mm-hmm. Not the mind wipe. I think mind wipes happen a lot in the MCU. Well, definitely the Tahiti process was a catalyst to to the problems that you know cause people to go insane but death would also have to be i think you might be onto something there that death death would be a, a part of that yeah yeah i'm pretty sure it was the death part that made them go crazy okay all right yeah yeah sure but um yeah and i'm i'm what i want to know now agent o'neill is this hole that you're pointing out is it the arrival of the helicarrier or is it because the one other thing is um, some of the stuff that Thor does, and I think it was just edited out, and that's why it feels like it kind of just happens. But um, we we've, we'll talk about that when we talk about feedback about the Avengers later on. We do have some spoiler feedback we're going to listen to right now that we were going to play in our last episode that was about the Avengers: Age of Ultron. So I'm going to play some spoiler music right now to let you know we're going to play this message and then we are going to say goodbye and then we're going to play our uh, end credit music and then we're going to talk about something that Daniel wants to talk about. But I can't. Yes, Tomorrowland. (laughs) So, spoiler. Warning. Spoilers. This music is to warn you that we are going to talk about Avengers Age of Ultron with some very specific spoilers. Spoilers. This is Avengers uh, feedback from Agent Verity. And it's coming right now. Here we are. Hello, Ben and Dan. This is Agent Verity. I just thought I'd give you my thoughts on the Avengers movie, which I was able to watch last night. Um, One of the perks of being in Australia. We don't get Agents of Shields quickly, but we got Avengers a week earlier. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good follow-up, and I'm not going to say it was really, really good. I just because of when the first movie, first Avengers movie, came out, I I think it's still my favourite. But I liked it, and I like that they did more with Hawkeye and actually gave him some character development, development and backstory instead of focusing on the main characters who have their own movies to do that. Uh, Best moment, I really liked when Ultron awoke. I thought they did that really well, and it'd be nice to go back and pick out all those images and see where they got them from and just see if there's any Easter eggs, because wouldn't it be awesome if they had, like, a picture of Stephen Strange in that? Yeah. Um, I hope that is who the person is. Not a comic book reader, so I may have got that wrong. Uh, Worst moment, I really did not like the CGI use in the movie and the Russian accents. Um, 
after watching Daredevil and Captain America, they tended to rely more on practical effects, and I didn't didn't like the excessive use of it in the fight scenes. Um, and also that and mid credit scene, just stupid. It just really there to just hey, let's remember, guys, we have Thanos coming. Remember Thanos? He's really evil. It had no context to the rest of the film, and there's no way that Thanos knows what's going on, that, you know, they defeated Ultron, now it's my turn. It just, part of me thinks that would have been a lot better if that was the end credit scene in Guardians of the Galaxy. So you saw Ronan get defeated, and now mid-credit scene, here's the other big bad going, well, he's failed, it's my turn to do something. So hopefully he does something soon. I know he won't for like six movies, but everyone, we know he's evil because people tell us he's evil and the comics tell us he's evil. We need to actually see him do something. So hopefully he does something before the next Avengers movie, but I doubt it. Uh, just also want to get your thoughts. Um, in the movie, Thor mentioned he knew about the Infinity Stone that the Guardians of the Galaxy were dealing with. Do you think that means that he knows what's went down with them and how they defeated Ronan? Because wouldn't he therefore know about Thanos? Um, and just also, what are your thoughts about Quicksilver? Part of me thinks his end may have been in relation to how um, successful it was in X-Men and they didn't want to have to compete with two Quicksilvers, so he got a little bit of an early end because he totally could have made it through and been a person, you know, one of the Avengers at the end of the film. Um, and also something else which I thought would have been really awesome that I may need to check that they didn't do, wouldn't it be cool if they got the actress that played Dottie from Agent Carter and she was one of the trainers in Black Widow's um, flashback and... Yeah, that would have been awesome if they did it. But yeah, keep up the good work. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on the movie and if um, they measure up with mine. Bye. All right, well, thank you. And Daniel, uh, the Quicksilver question, this is something I thought about. And, and that is, why, why, well, first of all, they filmed him in the Avengers Assemble scene at the very end. And so apparently there was an ending where he didn't die. Were you aware of that? No, I was not. Well, oh man, we had a spoiler warning on that. Dude, yeah, we have to figure out a way to mark this up correctly. Because if you haven't seen it, well, congratulations, you now know what happens to Quicksilver. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, we I both in that last episode, okay. we identified who our favorite Quicksilver was. It's not this one. And... The other thing is we have a Flash TV show as well. And so I think in the MCU to remove Quicksilver makes sense. Yeah. Especially since he's this Quicksilver is the grim speedster and the other two Quicksil the other two speedsters are the fun speedsters. And it really seems to be working well to have a fun speedster. Yeah. Okay, with that said, I want to say thank you so much for listening. You are sitting there right now at your desk, in your car, um, on the toilet. I don't know where you're sitting. Maybe you're standing. Maybe you're even running. But you're listening right now, and we appreciate it, and we would love to hear from you. So please, listen to how you can get in contact with us with the end credits there. But you can always go to welcomelevel7.com just directly, and there's lots of places that you can contact us. And 
Uh, we love hearing from you. We love uh, audio messages. I think that audio message that we just listened to was probably the first actual female voice, not the first actual female feedback, but the first actual female voice to be heard on this podcast. Other than the robot lady that I have <laughs> saying field report. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sending us feedback, even when we don't agree with it, which we have some coming up that I don't agree with. We have some coming up that don't agree with me. That's the better way to put it. Yeah, yeah. And I love it, though. I love it. And I would actually love it if it was more of a conversation, a back and forth. We can't afford to do that, though. We, we there's, there's two of us guys with microphones talking, and we'll try and figure out some other ways to do some other things. But for right now, this is the way Who we Who are you, it. Oprah? Microphones for everyone. <laughs> anyway, I love it, and, and I love getting other people's opinions, and I love that um, – we can have that back and forth. So thank you so much for listening. And, and all that said, Daniel, do you have any, any final words to impart to us as we go? Ben, you know, this season is wrapping up season two of agents of shield. And it, it just, I think it's a good time to reflect on what's happened to us in the last two years, the gains that we've made and, you know, some decisions we made early because I thought you were crazy when you originally pitched the two hubs, but when you looked at me and you said, hey, this way we will have a cool underground base and a boat? Thank you for listening to Welcome to Level 7. We'd love for you to join the conversation. You can leave us a voicemail at one seventy-seven fifty-five. the word level, and then the number seven. That's one seven seven five 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 three eight three five seven. You can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcome to level seven. Seven is spelled out. Follow us on Twitter where we are level seven pod. Seven is spelled out. Or email us directly, feedback at welcome to level seven dot com. Seven is spelled out. Visit our website, welcome to level seven dot com for news, reviews, and links to our RSS feeds. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls, jsearls.bandcamp.com. And again, thanks for listening. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. All right, Daniel, so, rub it in. Let's hear okay, it. Okay, so I got the collector core box. Collector core box from Funko and Marvel. So it's every a blind two months box. they're sending this mystery box out. Yeah, that included some things that weren't so much of a mystery. Yeah, here's the thing: I didn't have the money to order it when I was talking about ordering it. Then when I did have the money, I forgot about it, and then when I remembered about it, it was too late. So I don't have the collector core box. I thought I was going to. I planned on getting it. Here I am sitting here. I don't got it, and you do. So what's in All it? All right. So and we were going to make this big. I was going to open it on the air, but then things happened, and then I, I was going to pretend to open it on the air. But I'm an honest guy, and I can't lie to everybody. You can try, so, but you know, it's yeah. not going to work. So the box is cool. Okay. You know, it's got Captain America on it. It's got cartoons on it. You open it up. There's cartoon, you know, comics art on the inside. Uh, you open it up, and the first thing you see is two items sitting on top. A patch that's got Ultron on it that says Collector Core, and a pin with Captain America on it. And my reaction to these are, eh, don't plan on using the pin. 
probably wouldn't use the patch. Though, again, I might, since my assistant coaches for lacrosse are calling me Ultron. I'm, I'm really resonating to Ultron right now. I need an Ultron pop. I really do. So open the box up, and then there's the thing that I knew was in there, and the reason why I ordered the tall Iron Man Hulkbuster armor. Which I've seen this thing selling for like fifty bucks on eBay. It's exclusive, right? Yep, it's exclusive to this box. It is gorgeous, pop style Hulkbuster armor. Right at the moment, my youngest has got my Hulk pop right next to it. And when you say pop, you're talking about the Funko pop vinyl figures that are for Marvel. They're bobbleheads. Yep. Yep. And then along with this is this little. Funko, cutesy, but it's not a pop bobblehead, Ultron. It looks like it was in a blind box sort of thing, but I think every one of them was Ultron. And he's kind of got a roundish head and a small body. I don't know what style it is, but I did put it out. Okay. And then finally, I got the t-shirt. There's four t-shirt designs. They're all kind of uh, boxing, you know, playbill sort of style, you know, uh, advertising a boxing match. I believe one is Hulk versus Ultron, one is Cap versus Ultron, one is Iron Man versus Ultron, and one Thor versus Ultron. So if you think about it, they're kind of sexist because they're all the boys. Uh, yeah, they're that's the actually a, that's a thing right there, though, that there's not much uh, Black Widow merchandising out there at all. Now, you could argue, again, it's the four that all have had their own movies. And Hawkeye's not in there. Sure, but sure. But... But and, and I got the Hulk versus Ultron one. And I wore the Hulk versus Ultron to Age of Ultron. Is that the one you wanted? Mm. Is that the one you would want, I should say? It was – I wouldn't – Thor probably would have been my last choice. And I don't really have a Hulk shirt. So – and I have a Cap shirt. I have Cap shirts and I have Iron Man shirts. So it actually kind of worked out to get the Hulk shirt. So, so here's the thing. So they're, they're saying that this box is 25, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lie. It's not 25. It's 32 because of the shipping. Oh. So here's where I am right now. I'm not going to sell my pop. And I would have paid – well, we had a debate last week. I may be buying another pop for 20, 25 bucks in the next few weeks. Yeah, but that's, that's not a pop shot. figure. That has a figure, and it's, it's basically the playset. Yeah, but I mean, it's relative—it's the same sort of size, and I'm guessing relatively close price point. But again, it's an exclusive. I really wanted this one. And I'm really, really happy with it. Probably would have spent twenty five bucks on it. Probably would have spent five, six bucks on the T-shirt. So I mean, I feel like I got my money. I don't care so much. About the patch, I don't care so much about the pin. I don't. I'm okay with the little Ultron dude, but where am I? I'm having issues with is do I really want to spend thirty two dollars for Ant Man? Because yeah, I think I that's what the they said the next, next pop one. is going to be. Yeah, is an exclusive Ant Man. Hmm. I don't have an Ant Man, but I, I'm just I'm kind of conflicted. I haven't canceled yet, but Mrs. Butcher a few times was like. You ordered that? <laughs> and, part, and part of it is she didn't remember when we had the conversation. But I don't know. I love the pot. I love the Iron Man. I do. 
But 32 bucks ugh, for Ant-Man? It's pricey. And that's why, I mean, there literally was a situation there where when I was ready to order, I looked at our budget and just was like, oh, I can't. This this would be really, really irresponsible of me. So I may have to pick and choose these boxes. Cause There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, though. Yeah, because I, I really do think I'm going to have to cancel the Ant-Man box. Yeah. If I still can. I would. Well, I'm going to do it right now. Do it. Live. All right. I'll just tell everyone my password now. And, <laughs> so, okay, well, I think that's it then. All right. Talk to you later, man. I got to cancel. All right, bye.